So that sounds terribly exciting for everybody who loves silver. However, if you actually do go past the headline and read this gentleman's article and listen to his video, he is talking about an extreme period of volatility and that if high if it were to happen that silver were to go to $300 per ounce, that you're probably better off selling your silver and cashing out of it while you can. Now, um, do I think silver can go to $300 per ounce? Look, crazier things have happened. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see silver at $100 per ounce, but if silver was $100 per ounce, I would actually expect a significantly higher gold price than $5,000 per ounce. And welcome back to Exponential Investor Podcast. I am your host, Shay Russell. Uh, and as you can see today, I am Samless, I am Elliotless, and I am also guestless. It is just me riding solo. Uh, Sam will be back with us next week, and I look forward to hearing what he's been up to. Now, before we get started today, I do apologize for the low quality uh, recording of the video. Uh, I'm currently uh, in Western Australia at the moment. And um, it turns out they don't have the internet here. They don't have a great internet here. So I've had to do it in a different way to make it happen and hope for the best. The upside is I do have a fire burning in the background. So I'm not complaining about that. All right, let's kick off with today. That's enough housekeeping. Now, uh, you probably think seeing that I've been on a commodities bent all weekend that, uh, sorry, all week that I'm going to talk about commodities today. And you would be absolutely incorrect if you thought that. Well, it would be consistent if I would do that. I am never consistent and I can never stick to one train of thought. So what we are in fact going to talk about today is uh, gold. Surprise, surprise. Look, my wheelhouse, I do love talking about gold. More than anything, there's just a couple of things that have come up this week and I just sort of wanted to clear them up. Um, So investors had realistic expectations and some facts around these things that are happening. Now, earlier in the week, uh, depending on which financial rag you like to read, uh, it was announced that the G7 are going to be banning export uh, gold exports from Russia. So basically, any of the G7 member countries have said that they uh, will ban importing any gold from Russia. Now, let me read out a statement from Boris Johnson. I'm just going to go do a little bit of click click in the background here, forgive me, Um, upon the announcement. So Prime Minister uh, Boris Johnson, your fearless leader, has said upon this um, announcement or in the press release, whatever you want to call it, the measures we have announced today will directly hit Russian ugly arts and strike at the heart of Putin's war machine. Okay, I'm probably being slightly dramatic, but it is a very theatrical uh, statement. It's also completely false. Uh, it's absolutely not going to strike the ugly arts and uh, strike down Putin's war machine. It's not going to make an iota of difference. Uh, and here is why. Russia will sell their gold to somebody else. Like this is really what it comes down to. It's So that's the short version. If you don't want to hear anything more about gold, you can stop there, come back next week when Sam's back. Uh, the long version is that um, it, the gold is a little bit more nuanced than that. Now, let's just remember it's the G7 member countries. Now, I probably should have looked up which ones they are. Just so you know, the UK is one of them. Australia's absolutely not. So that's probably all you really need to know. Now, um, why won't it matter? Why is it largely symbolic? Well, most of the LB the London Bullion Market Association basically deregistered uh, 400 ounce bars coming out of Russian refineries back in March or February when uh, Russia invaded the Ukraine. Um, so technically, nobody should be buying Russian gold anyway. Uh, furthermore, rather than it, sh- it should be going to Swiss refineries. Now, there was a report um, that three tons of Russian gold made its way to Swiss refineries in May. Um, 
I actually don't have enough facts on hand to clear that one up for you to cover that off today. That might have been good information to have. But back to the point, why doesn't it matter? Um, look, so a couple of things here. We'll start with the numbers. Now, Russia produces 363 tonnes of gold um, or did produce 363 metric tonnes of gold in 2021. But they look, while that was elevated on past years, it's pretty consistent of where it's been. Now, they export about 75% of their gold. They actually don't hoard their gold unlike China. Now, China produces more gold than anybody else in the world. Russia's second or Australia and Russia are fighting it out for second, but China produces the most. The difference is none of China's gold leaves China. It stays in China to be consumed in jewellery, to be consumed as a retail investment grade or um, to be part of the Shanghai, Shanghai gold system. So, the majority of Russia's gold actually does leave Russia. So this is where this goodwill gesture seems to make sense that, oh, yes, if, you know, Russia exporting, you know, $18 billion worth of gold will strike fear into their hearts by not buying it anymore. But here's the thing, that's very Western market-centric thinking. Uh, And there are cultures around the world, up cultures around the world, outside the G7 that value gold and they really don't care where it comes from. Uh, So cultures like uh, countries like India and China are enormous consumers of gold. Um, Neither of them are in the G7. Neither of them have said they will adhere to the sanctions that have been placed against Russia by NATO members. Um, So there's no reason to expect why they wouldn't go in there and mop up the gold that Russia can't sell. Now, one argument being put forward is that the Central Bank of Russia is going to be a buyer and eventually this will strengthen Russia's balance sheet. Yes and no. You've got to remember that makes um, the Central Bank of Russia the buyer of last resort. Now, that didn't work out too well, work out too well for the Central Bank of Russia when they actually uh, had to buy gold at a discount to the spot market earlier in the year. Uh, it does mean that the Russian miners will have would probably be coerced into selling it to the Central, um, Central Bank of Russia at a discount to the spot market again. Now, what that could lead to is Russian miners holding on to their gold for a considerable period of time. Um, Obviously, they can't do that for too long because, you know, they still need to they still need to sell the doorway to bring money in, which is why I suspect that China and China and India are likely to come in and mop up any gold that can't be sold to Western markets. Now, there's a third part to this equation here, and that is uh, the United Arab Emirates and other Arabic countries. Now, Dubai is a major gold hub in the world and pretty much um, all, you know, a lot of gold thro- uh, flows through there. Uh, and where its provenance is or where it comes from is very hard to track once it gets to Dubai because du- Dubai doesn't really follow the rules that the LBMA has set out. Now, there is a, if, uh, for anybody who wants to do some super sleuthing on this, the gold bugs love this, um, the LBMA and uh, du- the Dubai gold markets have actually said that they don't care for the LBMA's rules and that they're not going to follow those rules because they don't think they actually match the gold market in Arabic countries. This could be a topic for another day. I'll get some more information we might dive into that. Um, but basically, the, um, Dubai has absolutely no problem absorbing gold out of Russia, and they'll be quite happy to do that. When will we know if this is happening? Well, uh, data, gold data from the United Arab Emirates generally lags by about a year. So if it is happening, we're not going to know about it until maybe later in the year or even this time next year. The short version is it is highly likely that any exported gold from Russia is going to India, China, or via the um, United Arab Emirates. So that's pretty much it. Um, so any grand gestures of the G7 members not buying gold, it's not going to do anything. 
Now, while we are on the subject of gold, we might delve on to uh, something else that came up today and it sort of um, forms part of my thesis that I've been uh, talking about or writing about really over the past few months uh, and that is silver's demonetization from gold, basically silver decoupling as money. I'll see if I can find some links and I'll pop them in the email that came with this podcast today. Um, So over at PDAC there was, I didn't grab his name, but there was a guy who runs a website called Silver Stock Investor and he's written a book uh, and he's made a couple of really big claims that are fantastic for grabbing headlines, but I just want to talk about some of the truths behind it because to his credit he actually does try to hose down the hyperbole in the headlines now one of his claims is uh that gold is easily going to five thousand dollars per ounce this decade uh, and that it'll take silver to three hundred dollars per ounce as well now should that happen um there's a couple of bits to this should that happen that's gold at five thousand dollars per ounce per ounce and silver at three hundred dollars per ounce that would give you a gold to silver ratio of around 15 16. now the gold to silver ratio for those of you who are new to this uh is how many ounces of silver would it take to buy one ounce of gold so to take 15 if it went to five thousand dollars per ounce gold was five thousand dollars per ounce where's sam when i need adult supervision uh and silver at three hundred dollars per ounce um then it would take 15 ounces of silver at $300 to go buy one ounce of gold. So that sounds terribly exciting for everybody who loves silver. However, if you actually do go past the headline and read this gentleman's article and listen to his video, he is talking about an extreme period of volatility and that if high if it were to happen that silver were to go to $300 per ounce, that you're probably better off selling your silver and cashing out of it while you can. Now, um, do I think silver can go to $300 per ounce? Look, crazier things have happened. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised to see silver at $100 per ounce, but if silver was $100 per ounce, I would actually expect a significantly higher gold price than $5,000 per ounce. Um, So, And I don't think $5,000 per ounce for gold is um, impossible either. You know, that's only a a tripling of the price of where it is today. And when gold's in a bull market, it can actually do, you know, six to seven times its current spot price. So I I, I think $5,000 is quite conservative. But let's get back to the gold to silver ratio thing. Um, a lot of people do love this gold to silver ratio and love to talk about this reversion to the mean. Let's just clear something up here. Um Gold, uh, silver is rapidly becoming an industrial metal. It, I, I don't really see any reversion to the mean coming back. Like the long-term average is 55 to 60 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. That's over a span of about 110 years. Um, I don't really think that's realistic when silver, you know, 55, 50 to 55% of all silver is consumed for industrial purposes and that's growing. The investor portion of the market takes anywhere from 15 to 20%. It's quite small. Um, I would be very, very surprised to see silver ever go back to an extremely low ratio of 15 to 20 morales. Um, If it did, I would say it would be fleeting and us mere mortals outside of Wall Street are probably going to miss that moment. Um, One thing I have written about in the past, uh, and as I said, I'll pop a link in below for you, is that um, I see the gold to silver ratio actually increasing with time. So it's going to take more ounces of silver to buy gold. Now, this could be um, basically my theory behind this is because I actually think gold is going to increase in value, but I believe it's because of silver's utility to society that's going to provide 
prevent the price from rising too high as it decouples from acting like a precious metal and starts to behave like a commodity. So essentially the silver price is going to reflect industrial demand in the long term rather than um, being a precious metal. All right, we are nearly drawing to a close, but one thing I want to put on your radar, guys, I, I've I'm going to touch on the mining sector just a tad, fits in with commodities, what I've been talking about all week. Now, here in Australia, our financial year ends yesterday or ended yesterday on the 30th of June. Now, in the UK, your financial year doesn't end until April next year. That's fine. But it is nearly uh, half yearly earning times coming up for you. So here's what our two periods have in common. So with the financial year ending in Australia and your half yearly reporting coming up, there is some concern that um, miners' profits and expenses are going going to have increased in Australia, reflecting this very turbulent March to June period, and it's going to hurt uh, the value of mining shares. Now, one article I was reading today was talking about how all the inputs of getting stuff out of the ground have gone up. So let's talk about gold miners in particular. Um, In Australia, you know, the cost of cyanide has gone up 30%. the cost of, oh, dang, I don't think I wrote it down. Oh, the cost of natural gas has gone up 40%. Um, you know, the cost of skilled, knowledgeable geos and uh, mining engineers has gone through the roof. You know, we're looking at entry, you know, first, second year graduates in Australia earning $170,000 per year on a mine site, which is phenomenal, you know, Five years ago, a geo with 20 years experience couldn't command that sort of income. Um, And obviously, too, you're looking at energy as a key component to gold extraction. That's doubled in the past five months, as you know. Um, So basically what the earnings season here in Australia is expecting that our mining stocks are going to be hit hard. Now, the question um, that I'm going to be looking for Australian investors is, how much of that has this, you know, downtrend, these higher costs been factored into the share price? Because, you know, they're all selling off. Uh, and this is what UK investors should keep their eye on too. As you get closer to your half yearly reporting season, let's keep our eye on how many of your mining stocks have been dragged down by higher energy costs. All right. Uh, that is probably the last little tidbit I have got for you today. I've got a whole bunch of stuff on my notes, but I think I've waffled on long enough. Now, uh, hopefully Sam will be back next week and I will, I will have some guidance and there will be less just random thought bubbles coming out. All right. That's all for your Exponential Investor podcast this week. To quote Sam, thanks for listening and bye for now.